vacation music is appropriate because it's almost seemed like we've taken a vacation. Isn't that right, Josh? It was a mini sabbatical. And some of us are still on a week sabbatical. A uh, permanent vacation, apparently. So today it's the Yanko and Josh podcast. How you doing, Josh? Good, bro. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. Football is drawing closer as we speak, bro. I like the beat. I know you introduced this. Oh, I'm doing good, man. I I know you introduced this uh, a couple of shows ago. I know you liked it, so let's keep going with it. And I hope it kind of gets us into that feel-good feeling that this time of the year brings, getting into the fall. I want to give you a little bit of a personal take, Josh, and to everyone who's listening. I love the fall. I love the weather. I love the scenery. I love the football. People start to get in a better mood. Heat can kiss my hiney goodbye. Bye. I don't like it. And although that music that you, we are introduced with kind of reminds me of the, a beach vibe, kind of chill, I still rather be up in the mountains in a nice, cool place that's getting snow. That's just my take. But with snow, with cold, with this time of year, it brings football. So I'm doing great. I signed up for fantasy football. I've signed up for Sunday tickets. I've been watching a bunch of stuff and we have a lot of talking points today, Josh, but that was more than what you asked for. I I wanted to start the podcast with a PowerPoint and I gave you one. I gave you one <laughs> off the bat. The floor was yours. So I would assume that you had a very um, fun weekend. I'm going to tell a little bit about uh, Josh's weekend. And I'm going to sound like a complete pansy. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, um, I actually enjoy wrestling. Uh, Wrestling is like a men's soap opera with with a lot of uh, special characters that burst into the scene. Uh, I'm not going to go about it, but I'm just going to tell you one thing. CM Punk is back, bro. So that's what's AEW Elite, right? Yes, CM Punk is back. Okay, so for- my, my wife thought I was a uh, schoolgirl when I heard the music go off. We were actually at a restaurant, and um, I completely <laughs> forgot. I remembered. I tune in, and right when I tune in, boom, the music hits, and I was like, "Yes." So CM so- Punk, I, I was reading about it. He left the WWE. In 2007, 2005? No, actually. Or, he was gone seven, 20, five years ago. 2021, 2014. He left okay, so seven years ago. And right. his return, not only did he come back, but he gave out free ice cream at the arena that they, in Chicago, right? So right. He's, he's a Chicagoan. So no, people were I'm, crying. Grown men were crying. People were cheering. <laughs> um, there hadn't been a... Uh, we call it a pop, right? Like fans popping. Of course, it was a year and a half of COVID. Well, they still have COVID, but they're allowing fans in the stands now. Um, Got it. And I think it's just the experience of being there. But I'm sure when it was there, everybody, all the experts were saying that they had not seen something like that happen in a very, very long time. So I'm excited about wrestling. Obviously, I'm excited about football. You kind of mentioned it. We're ramping up, bro. Two weeks from um, a couple of, uh, a well, a couple in my case. Yeah, I know you might have some more going on, but uh, no, fantasy, well, fantasy is approaching. Fantasy is definitely there. Yanko lined up with the 12th overall pick. 
in the FFF. And I think if I remember correctly, you are sitting at one moment, one moment, one moment. Two? 11. 11. I was way off. Anyway, so you and I are neighbors in predict. Before we move on, before we move on. And I'm you know what, wrestling. hold on. I'm just going to share something right quick with you. I don't know if this is going to happen, but, but Yanko, um, you might be, it's not a lock yet, but there might be an opportunity for you to join Chuko. I'm not going to go into details. Uh, so just have your fingers crossed and be ready with that, that application. Shout out to uh, Chuko. I have pled my case. And, you know, if put me in, coach, put me in, coach, <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But so, before yeah. we go out, we move on mm -hmm. into a deeper dive into football overall, wrestling. So long story short, guy I work with knows a guy who does the official podcast for the WWE. So spoiler alert. I'm not sure if you want to listen to this. I, I can continue to keep going or not, but spoiler alert. Go by all means. Go. So you had CM Punk come back. A couple of weeks or a couple of fights ago, you had John Cena, and then you had the obviously roided Brock Lesnar come back. So Correct. that means that there's going to be maybe potentially more comebacks. And a little birdie told me not only will The Rock make an appearance, but in April for WrestleMania, The Rock will have a little bit of a spectacle as well. His own match, you know where it's going to be? Dallas. AT&T Stadium. So I'm just throwing you that know out there. who he could potentially face? Tell me. A spoiler alert. His uh, cousin, Roman Reigns. Oh, quite that's the family a, affair. That's, you a, know, that's a dream match. A dream match in the... You know what else is a dream match? Us repeating in the championship again. Cousin versus cousin. Roman Reigns, <laughs> The Rock. I'll be The Rock. I've actually got his shirt on right now, so I'll claim it. But regardless, regardless, wrestling is cool. A little bit of a scoped view into what other hobbies uh adrian i mean sorry josh does it a little more than i do but i still keep up with it social media related but let's talk football guys let's talk football and we are two full weekends away from football coming back the first official game being bucks cowboys and josh all i've been hearing about dak isn't necessarily positive right here, living in the DFW Metroplex, I get privy to a lot more local radio, and there is some concern. There's some concern because Dak not only is coming back from an injury that, if you've seen the video and you've seen the graphics, boy, that was that was something to see. As a matter of fact, Hard Knocks in the first episode showed the injury and how he's trying to kind of basically he broke his ankle, dislocated it, and he's trying to knock it back in, hitting his leg against the turf. That looks, it's something to see. Very gruesome. Sure. Very, gruesome. Very gruesome. However, he's healed, he's back, he's doing drills, he's running. But now we were talking about a sprained shoulder, his throwing shoulder. And in Hard Knocks, it talks about how he eagerly wants to get in, he eagerly wants to play, but they're holding him back and holding him back. Reports last week came out talking about how if it doesn't progress, how he might continue through the year rehabbing his shoulder, trying to get his shoulder. How much of that cowboy stock drops in your eyes, Josh, if he doesn't play? Let's say a, a, 
an over under of six games. Let's let's go six games. If he doesn't play six games, right? Do the Cowboys get affected that much? Keeping in mind that we have 17 games, right? Mm-hmm. Where he could still come back and play 11 of them. But if he's out just six games, is that detrimental to the Cowboys' playoff chances if he doesn't play? I think in a way it is. Uh, part of it, of course, we've talked about the fact that they play in the NFC East, which is a division that is uh, in transition. Uh, and I think it would affect the Cowboys stock in several ways. They might still be able to sneak into the playoffs and that's if Dak runs the table. He doesn't have to win all 11 games, right? It, let's assume that he's out six games, right? It is the, the, yeah, kind of like the magic number, here, right? So it's a very, it's a very talented team, uh, offensively, uh, defensively, they went heavy, uh, again, they play in the NFC East. So I'm not going to rule them out that they wouldn't be able to win their division, but it, it's a pause for concern. And I'll tell you where it's a pause for concern. Uh, and I, that's where I'm, that's where I'm headed. Most concern wise would be fantasy. Um, fantasy, a lot of the teams, a lot of the players that you plan to draft, uh, I think they would take a, they would take a dip a big time. Um they had a very comparable backup quarterback last year. And I know there was a lot of injuries, you know, Cowboys offensive line was in, in shambles, but uh, Andy Dalton couldn't do it. So you're telling me that Ben DiNucci is uh, going to take the reins of the situation. So I've I seen, I've seen DiNucci feel too. I've seen, I think it's, is it Garrett Gilbert in the red Correct. shirt and hard knocks as well? And then they got one more Correct. kid, uh, red, Redheaded beard, who did fairly well against the Cardinals as well. Uh, right. I'll look it up in a bit, or that might. Well, be let's just say, I mean, if it's backup, I think it's either Gilbert or Danucci, right? And more yeah. probably Danucci because he's. I think he's taking all the first team reps according to Hard Knocks, at least the episodes that I've seen. What we've seen, or the, correct? What we've seen, right? So, if, so do you? Without Dak, are you saying that? Just to reiterate. They don't make the playoffs, or because they're in the weak division, they still have a shot. They still, they they have a shot. I, I think they do have a shot. There's always the teams that kind of are very surprising, right? Um, Philadelphia, I think, is going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, New York, this might be New York's opportunity to kind of make some noise, and Washington's going to be Washington. They might be a little erratic at quarterback, but we know Fitz Magic can sometimes catch lightning in a bottle. And Washington's strength is the defense. And that defense is coming up uh, 100%. And I, I was kind of excited to see what the Cowboys would do, to be honest with you, because they reshuffled defense. They hired a new coordinator, obviously. Um, they, they went heavy on draft um, Micah Parsons. And they, they addressed a lot of the issues that they felt they needed. It seems that they're loaded at linebacker, man, because – now you're yeah. talking about maybe even like Wolf Hunter, Van Der Esch, and Jalen Smith might be backups. They might not yeah. even be starting with Mika That's or insane. Micah. It's crazy. Um, so they solidify or they feel they solidify a lot of their defense, which was terrible last year. Uh, but again, it's that one constant. You play in the NFC East. So you can discard them altogether. Yes, I would feel more um, worried if I were a fantasy manager and I had heavy 
stock and some of these players uh, because without Dak, um, what does that do to CD? What does that do to Amari? What does that do for Zeke and the running game? So that's that's kind of my take, Yingo. I don't know what what's what's your take. Give us a PowerPoint presentation. Well, I think Prescott definitely deserves a prophetic, pronounced PowerPoint presentation. However, I'm not going to waste I my see time you on your Rich Eisen right there. Ah, uh, you see what I did there? I gotcha. Look. According to Mike McCarthy, he said that he has a good chance he probably won't play in the preseason opener or anything leading up to the September 9th game against the Bucks. It's a double-edged sword. The kid hasn't played in a while. He's coming back from injury. He hasn't got he hasn't had any real time playing as practice. And not only are you opening up the season earlier than most teams, you're playing against the Super Bowl defending champs that took down a way better quarterback, in my opinion, and Patrick Mahomes. Now, there's a lot of questionable uh, situations that always surround a quarterback that's injured, right? His mental state, how he really is physically. And not only are you dealing with an alien, alien repaired, rehabbed leg injury or foot injury, but now Adam Shafter came out to say that he's, quote unquote, not fully back and may not be fully back all season long. To be even more precise, Prescott was has been dealing with a right latissimus strain suffered during training camp. So my point, in training camp, just doing drills, warming up, his body said, hey, this hurts too. That's not even real action. That's not even a, a real-time throw, a real-time hit, a real-time uh, presence in the pocket, and all of the above. As a Cowboys fan, I try to put myself there and I go, what's going on? We just paid this guy. And history just seems to repeat itself, right? Guy gets paid and then all of a sudden something happens. Negatively, at least, right? Majority of the time when we talked about it here. Secondly, the rust is a very real thing to deal with. And then third, you're absolutely right. From a fantasy standpoint, and even in the division, in a real football life standpoint, you have guys on your team that are slated to break out. If you pay attention to a lot of the social media that ESPN puts out, NFL Network, Fox Sports, and just guys who do this for a living, C.D. Lamb is on everyone's list to have a breakout season, right? They even featured him in Hard Knocks and how he's the he acknowledges being the tenured, not tenured, sorry, that's not the word I'm looking for, but following the tenured 88, right? Mm-hmm. You had Drew Pearson, you had Michael Irvin, you had Des and now it's him. Yeah. So he's he's very aware of it. But as you stated, Danucci, Cooper Rush is the other guy. And Cooper then Garrett Rush. Gilbert. Can these guys deliver? Yes, he's slated to be a breakout player, someone like CD Lamb, but he's still only a sophomore. He's still only a second year player. I'm a little worried that Dak, even if he comes back that the Cowboys can mismanage it and rush him back. This is your franchise guy. This is a guy who you just paid heavily. It's not a secret that Jerry Jones was willing to do anything to get back to the promised land, to get back to winning a Super Bowl. I think I I don't sound crazy by saying that the Cowboys can really fumble and really make a 
a, a hastily decision and rushing Dak back because of that pressure, because of that window closing, because of everything surrounding him. If he comes back and he's ready, cool. But if I sit him out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he's at 100%, one of the most daunting defenses currently in the NFL, or at least starting, I would sit him. At least that one game. Not take the risk. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, and at this point, it might just be speculation. Um, I forgot who brought this point, but it actually, it makes sense. And again, this is just speculating. Uh, it's puzzling uh, based out of hard knocks and now reports that have come out that you are seeking um, the expertise out of baseball teams of this kind of injury because this comment, this injury is not very common that. You're right. as an NFL player or as a quarterback, let alone, this is more common on, uh, on baseball players. Right. Um, and another theory that came out and again, speculation is the fact that perhaps uh, a lot of people think that throwing a ball down the field is just arm strength or it's just arm, but it's not, it's actually your lower body. You, you, you kind of give a like torque, right. Mm -hmm. To the ball utilizing your lower body. Now, why do I say that? Because Dak endured a lower body injury, right? An ankle. And how much of that influences and in you throwing the football. So why do I say that? There was a speculation perhaps that since he still doesn't feel comfortable setting his foot right or perhaps torquing or using his hips to the full motion of throwing a ball, that he overcompensated, right? This is your body. It's, it's what your body does, right? When you can't do one thing great, what does your body try to do? Overcompensate it with another. Correct. So now he was launching the ball with arm strength, and that perhaps could have created this injury that was non-existent, but led to it due to his lower body injury. Now, I am no expert, right? I'm just capturing the essence of some of those theories that I heard, and it makes sense. Um, so here we go again, and, and it happens fairly. Now, Another point that I wanted to tell you, Yanko, is not to get off a uh, subject with Dak Prescott. I think we both have a pretty a pretty vivid opinion regarding Dak Prescott's status and the effect that it'll have on the Cowboys as a team yeah. and as fantasy. But if you have caught hard knocks, don't you think that Mike McCarthy is a tryhard? Oh, whole, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm watching this guy and besides all the F-bombs that he's throwing and if that's his way, I mean, I know some of these coaches based on what ex-players say, right? That That's the kind of language, I guess, that is used and whatever. If, if that's your thing, well, I mean, we don't condone it here in the CYJ, but if that's what floats your boat, it is what it is, right? But it's almost like he's trying so hard to motivate this team in putting like the stupidest analogies in the mojo yeah. and all this yep. stuff that, you know, even the players, just looking at the players, they're just kind of like, what? You know, so that can't bode well in a locker room. And I know that they're very selective. Uh, I'm sure Jerry Jones is, has a stamp of approval of whatever is filmed and is placed in, in hard knocks. Uh, but I, I caught that too. Um, you know, that it's so I, it, if I remember correctly, he started with the F bomb, right? So heavily, heavily used mm -hmm. and he's trying to roll him up. 
he said, I'm going to use the word not as a whole, but I'm just going to say the that word, right? But right. he said, you know, F-bomb last year. And the episode, he says that they're not Charlie Efferents. I didn't understand it when he said when he said that. I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm th- I'm close to being 35. You got a younger generation in your mm-hmm. in your locker room. And so you you're absolutely right. In the first episode, you see a bunch of the guys go, What? Especially Micah Parsons. It's funny because he's like, <laughs> What are you what are you talking about? And then he comes with the Austin Powers analogy. Correct. He comes mojo. with the the mojo. Hey, mojo. Hey, mojo. And you know what? If these guys were high school kids, easily moldable, mentally kids, then then maybe. But a tryhard is exactly. That's how that's how he seems, man. He looks he looks like a a retired cop. I I just you know, (laughs) and it's not. I'm I'm not I'm not condoning his his physical appearance, right? I mean, that's besides the point. Um, because has nothing to do. There's people that excel really good at their job, and their appearance is completely irrelevant. But in his case, I just I just don't get it, man. He just that that's how it seems to me. And and again. You can, that can't bolt well if if you're you know if if you're and and we know to a certain degree that he's a he's a puppet. It, ultimately, it's been established. It's Jerry Jones and you know his son, whatever that that are going to dictate right what goes on in that locker room, um, what players, blah blah blah. But I don't know, man. That just doesn't sit well. And then I'll add the the mystery of Dak Prescott's injury. That that can't be a good start. No, you know, if you're if you're a, a Dallas Cowboy aficionado, no, and for for Mike to start that way, second year didn't have a good first year. He could use the Dak excuse as I didn't have my starting quarterback. Uh, it's in a division that could be given away to anyone at any time. It just it just bothers me that you have a Cowboys team that has so high hopes but little to really back those hopes, right? So let's say, for what do I mean? Tampa received Tom Brady last year and the hopes were high. Why? Because Tom brings a history. Tom brings a winning culture. Tom brings a work ethic. Tom brings this, 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 and that. And the Cowboys yearly, it's just, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to make it. But there's no, it's part there's of, no yeah, backbone it, to it. It's part of Jerry Jones being an excellent seller and marketer of his own team. That's why the franchise is is valued the most out of any franchise in the world, right? And you're including all major sports. That's why they're always at the top of Forbes list. So he's the ultimate cheerleader. And and he knows knows how to market well. But unfortunately, that doesn't get you any Lombardi trophies. And I'll tell you this, Josh. Even if Dak does play week one, I think it's still a very solid chance that they start their season 0 and 1. Yeah. You know, it's- I'll flip it the other way. Would it be far fetched that the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers on opening night? Do you remember the opening night? Because the, the Cowboys always do this, man. I know. It's so crazy how they've done it to the Saints and everybody starts losing their mind. They get on the wagon and then the wheels fall off. They have the, they have the power, they have the offense. They have the team to compete against anybody, but sometimes let's be honest, they've underachieved these last years completely Yeah, underachieved. Yeah. Simple as that. It's, it's an underachieving team for their expectations. 
right? For their every year, fans say that they're gonna make Super Bowl and oh. this is their year. I'll give the fans that they blah, are blah, blah 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 very optimistic. They're more optimistic than this Raiders fan, that's for sure. But <laughs> at zero and one, the offense isn't necessarily my worry part. It's my most worrisome part. Better said, I think it's the defense. But enough about the Cowboys. Enough about Hard Knocks. Uh, I watch it because it's a it's an introduction to the NFL season. I don't care if it's, it's entertaining. Jaguars. Yeah, it's yeah. entertaining. It gives you a, a brief look into what NFL training camps look like. It gives you mm-hmm. a, a more in-depth look. And shout out to their offensive lineman, international player, Alarcon. That's a big oh, yeah. Mexican, man. And I hope he yeah. makes the team. I hope he makes the team. He's really cool. The first episode, he's talking about, man, I want some of that cake. And I think it was Dak Prescott's like birthday cake. He's all bummed yeah. out because they, they pretty much well, we'll see what happens with Kamara, too. And Kamara, the other international player. That's right. He got featured in episode two. Episode three coming out tomorrow. But talking about... Knock on wood if you're with me. Oh, best one yet. Yeah. Best one yet. Uh, like I that reference ankle. Let's yes, talk about sir. another quarterback who had high optimism, got injured, went down. Your favorite, Carson Wentz. Now, I, I'm, I'm only bringing it up because as of late, as of wait. Carson Wentz's status for week one against the Seahawks. There's optimism. They're seeing how he responds. And ultimately, it'll come back to or come to the point to, according to doctors, if he's willing to play through pain. Is a pain-ridden Wentz better than anyone that they have in their QB corral, Ellinger or Eason? What do you think? I think? I guess at this point, it would be unfair for my disdain of Carson Wentz to eclipse or to say something very moronic. Uh, So I think at this point you give Wentz the benefit of the doubt and uh, you unveil what his pain threshold is. And I still think that a not 100% Carson Wentz is probably better than what they have uh, currently in quarterback situation. it's not saying much because <laughs> there's a rookie quarterback there and there's a two-year backup, which is uh, Eason. Uh, and the whole reason why they went to go get Carson Wentz wasn't to see what they had in Eason or Eleanor. It was for Wentz to start. Unless Wentz can't go or unless he can't perform uh, at a level that Frank Reich believes he can, then Wentz is your boy. Uh, simple as that. Yeah, and I completely agree with you because both Jacob Eason and rookie Sam Ellinger, Hookem Horns, have shared snaps of the preseason. And we're going to go into a little bit of what our preseason impressions is, is later in the, in, in the podcast. But none of them have looked good enough to be the team starters. And this isn't only according to my observation, but and highlights and whatnot. I don't catch every Colts game. However... The Colts haven't yet have yet to come out to name a quarterback. So that tells me two things. One, they don't believe in what they've got, the non-injured quarterbacks. And two, they're optimistic that Wentz comes back. According Correct. to Frank Reich, he feels like maybe he's a week ahead of the original five to 12 week timetable that was given. He got injured early August. By the time the season rolls in, he'll be at week five, week six. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see. And I think the Colts, 
that's their best shot, to be honest with you, for, for wins to play. Just to jog your memory, that Philadelphia last year finished in the 3-8-1 record with Wentz under center. So Shocking. just to add to Josh's Shocking. pessimistic view on Carson Wentz, but he a reminder, he had foot uh, a foot injury that had surgery. It wasn't just he's been rehabbing it. So it's surgery, it's rehab, and it's just getting better, hopefully, for him to come back on September 12th, the ever-so-awaited September 12th, for football to come back. But Carson Wentz, Dak, let's just talk about – let's keep the QB train going. Let's talk about QB battles that we've seen so far in the league and how that's trending for some teams – and not trending for others. And I think it's easy to start with the Chicago Bears. Did you catch, oh, Bears. Did you catch what Andy Dalton came out and said? Enlighten me. So Andy Dalton basically said, hey, it's cool that this kid is doing great, but this is my team. <laughs> I'm going to do this. He can, he can sit back a little bit. And I like it because it's showing a competitive nature between – both quarterbacks, and that Andy Dalton, mm -hmm. if it's ego or not, he's not willing to just get rid of the starting job. And Nagy hasn't come out and said that he's not going to start, but yet at the same time, he hasn't said that Fields won't start. So as a prediction, Josh, Dalton or Fields, who starts week one? Dalton. All right, all right. And, okay. and I feel it's not because Dalton will outperform Fields. I think it's just that Nagy's already set in his way. And whether, whether perhaps the Mitchell Trubisky uh, situation of how he handled that um, kind of scarred him, and he doesn't want maybe the same thing to happen with Fields, I just feel that maybe perhaps when they went out there and they paid Andy for a one year, it was, I think like 10 mil, uh, that was a deal breaker for Andy. If Andy, it's almost like, right. That, that was what wink, wink. They were, um, agreeing to, I'll come to Chicago. If you guarantee me that I'm going to be the starter. And, uh, it seems that Nagy said in his ways, I thought it was kind of funny that, uh, there was a scene where it was in the second quarter. I don't know if you caught this. I just watched highlights, but I think the Bills were killing the Bears preseason, right? Don't matter. Yeah. In the second quarter, Dalton comes out. Everybody was booing. And then um, he throws his bomb to this uh, receiver, Adams, and he takes it all the way. And then everybody started cheering. <laughs> so it just kind of goes to show you, man, winning cures everything. In that same game, the rookie gets obliterated. They called the flag. He got a hit, hit to the head, but it was because Fields. he was hanging onto the ball. Yeah, because he was hanging onto Blum. the ball. Exactly, a rookie yeah. mistake. Right. But I think I think at this point, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at this point, um, I think it would be pretty exciting to see what you have in fields. Of course, uh, the only thing you have to do is if if they're very close to each other, and only the coach can determine this, right? The coaching staff. If both, if both Dalton and Fields are like neck and neck and there isn't a clear-cut throw, because let's face it, Andy Dalton should win this job because he's a veteran, he's been around the NFL, he knows playbooks, he's, he's a professional, so, so he should lock this job in. 
But if they're close, I would give it to Fields because at that point, what do you have to lose, right? I mean, yes, maybe the the stigma of throwing a quarterback out too early. Uh, we've talked about, you know, how perhaps uh, Ryan Pace and, of course, Matt Nagy are in a short leash. Uh, but I see it this way, man. If you were able to make the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky that we know was super limited and you played a quarterback carousel between him and um, – and uh, what's his face? Uh, Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. So then now at this point, you know what? If you want to roll with Dalton, roll with Dalton. But you're going to hear the clamor of the Bears fans. If the Bears start 0-3 or 0-4, what is it What is it that they're going to try to do? Start fields. They're going to want fields, yeah. Exactly. I actually disagree with you, Josh, because time and time again, and there's a side to each. Uh, it's debatable what I'm about to say. But I reason on the side of I'd rather get into that hole as a fan, not as a coach, of the 0-4 and, and start fields than throw fields out there and go 0-4 and with fields. Does that make sense? I'd rather mm-hmm. have Andy Dalton fail initially than fields because of your morale, because of the player intensity, because of everything. I think fields would provide a bigger spark, at least for the locker room, the players around him, coming in at 0-4 to take over the helm than Andy Dalton coming in at 0-4. You talked about the coaching situation and how the front office is kind of on a short leash. Leash, I completely understand. Leech. I completely understand that. But at the same time, you traded up to get this guy. Why? Because you messed up not picking the other guys the year you picked Mitch Trubisky. Furthermore, you have to protect your investments. If he got lit up, in a preseason game, and obviously the offensive starters aren't all there, it's because he hung on to the ball. He's playing with the same caliber to a degree in preseason because these are other guys also training, trying to make the team. I think there's just still more of a learning curve that this kid has to go through before he takes the ball under center. Again, it's just hesitancy. And my part, I'm a lot more analytical in regards to what I'd rather be than statistically or numbers game and historically than what the fans might dictate or what the what other relevant factors that you provided and your your train of thought is again i'd rather go 0 and 4 if that's the case with andy than 0 and 4 with fields because if andy doesn't go 0 and 4 let's say he goes 3 and 1 and you just keep going you keep going i'd rather bring him in towards the end and to make for your point i would still say that andy dalton is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. So if Andy can do a one-year, have the kid learn, move through, and take him to the playoffs, I'm not sure how far they'll get, but take him through the playoffs, then that's something that that I would rather lean on in, instead of starting with Fields Week 1. But that's why we have a podcast, right? You and I don't necessarily it's, also have It's going to gonna come down to offensive line, man, honestly. If they're able to protect Andy, great. Andy will roll. If um, if they're not point. able to protect Andy, then who is your better quarterback suited for that need? Situationally, absolutely. Fields, because yeah, he can absolutely. he can run out. So it's it's a waiting game. It's it's a wait and see approach. So that's why this. I think he's sticking with Dalton, the red I'm gonna, rifle. I'm gonna throw this in just because we're talking about the Bears. Rumor has it that the Raiders inquired about Khalil Mack in the offseason. John Gruden is a moron. Oh, John Gruden. And you know what? If they would have traded for him, 
I would have welcomed it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would have welcomed it. Be sour. it I, I'm not, I'm not sour, man. I'm, I'm not sour about uh, Mac going to the Bears. No, Mac wanted to stay. Mac. Mac, Mac wanted to stay. He just wanted to get paid. And that was when the transition between uh, Gruden was hired and Reggie McKenzie was kind of yeah. get, you know, the foot out the door as a general manager. And um, that really changed everything. So I wouldn't, I would, I would welcome Mac back. Uh, I think Gruden realizes what he did yeah. and that his uh, draft picks haven't really amounted to anything. And it's kind of hard, bro, to uh, rack up sacks. Yeah. You, Yanko, uh, you know, have endured also the pain as I have as the Raiders being in the bottom of uh, generating pressure to opposing quarterbacks, hence why the team gets shredded. So I, I will say this. I do keep up a lot more with Raider preseason than any other team. And the duo of Max Crosby and Ngakwe looks good. Interestingly enough, you know how, and this is for any team, a lot of starters don't play in the preseason or only play like a limited amount of time. You know who's been right. getting a lot of playing time in the preseason? Who has? Cleveland Farrell. As an, as an end or as a tackle? He's been, I think I've seen him more as an end. Mm -hmm. However, to me, what, regardless of what position he's playing on the line, it tells me that they think highly of Ngakwe, the duo of Ngakwe, Max. And Crosby. And exactly. And they're telling Cleveland, you better get in some playing time and show us that you deserve to be on this starting line. I really don't think, man, they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. I no. think it would be pretty stupid if the, if the Raiders did. I mean, it is what it is. You bombed it in that fourth in that fourth pick in the first round. So many round. other guys that were better. Um, of course, but it is what it is. I mean, it's it's that short-lived um, you know, mentality. You, you messed it up. It is what it is. But that's a good thing that they're letting the locker room know and Farrell know, hey, if you're underperforming with what the expectation that we thought you were going to be, guess what? We're not going to be prisoners of that moment. Uh, you have to earn your roster spot. So, because no let's matter. face it, they both came in the same class. And Crosby, which picked in the fourth or in the fifth round, yeah. has outshined completely Farrell, right? Of now, course. I know Farrell, you know, uh, because of, the, of his uh, draft status or where he was picked, right? He comes with a heavy crown in his head, unfortunately. And his position, the only way you can really measure is not really pressures or stopping the run. It's going to come down to sacks because he's yeah. forevermore going to be tied with uh, the Khalil Mack effect, right? Yep. Um, so, sucks for the guy, right? But even though he's a character, quote-unquote, guy, that one of the big reasons why the Raiders <laughs> drafted him, I do like yeah, the fact bro. that the Raiders are staying within character and, like you said, telling the locker room, First round pick or not, you have to perform yeah. to stay here. And, and that, that I mean, not to kind of go off subject, but that's shooting it with Jacobs. That's shooting it with Abram. You know, Colton Miller obviously has performed well. But just an overall tempo, right, of the of the locker room. So, Dude, the Raiders have six running backs on their roster right now. Six. Yeah. Four from Alabama. And I think they already cut uh, Scarborough. Did they? FYI, okay. they did. Well, five. So, that's still too many. Yeah, you know I think some of these been, guys are going to be practice squad people. You know who hasn't been? Jalen Richard hasn't been there either. But anyway, enough Raider talk, more QB talk. Trevor Lawrence versus Gardner Minshew. 
Gardner Mitchell is not giving up that starting one. Urban Myers come out to say that he's making it really competitive, that he's doing a good job of staying relevant. I think he's still a solid number two. However, I think it's a move by Urban Myers to say that out loud, to massage the ego of Gardner, keep him there, because he knows that if and when Trevor messes up or gets injured, Gardner's the next big thing already in your house. And also the ego of uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean... Bro, oh. just because we selected you first overall, <laughs> it doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, but that's exactly what it means. He's just being politically correct, right? Oh, right. we have a, you know, a comp- competition throughout the board, blah, 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 blah. Come on, bro. You know, you know, Lawrence is going to be penciled in as your so, week one starter. That's your guess? Week one? Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Mine yeah. too. Uh, interesting side asterisk note. Bye-bye, Tim. He can't block for crap. He can catch, <laughs> but there's other Poor guys. Poor guy, out. man. He got out. blasted at, at Twitter. Multiple times. <laughs> Not only on Twitter, but I meant more on the field. I mean, he couldn't block. These weren't even he starters. Couldn't. No, I'm they, not they kept They kept showing those him. plays over and over again, the blocks. But That's why dude, he was getting blown up. What a what a nice experiment. We never heard about Brandon Jacobs either. Trying to make an NFL comeback. Other QB battle. Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke is getting a lot of attention. Drew Locke mm-hmm. is getting a lot of catching a little bit of a fire up in the Rocky Mountains. Who starts week mm-hmm. one? And think? I think that's the toughest call, man. But I really would think you're better off with uh, Teddy. Why Teddy? Because really? Teddy's, Teddy's not going to set the world on fire. But one thing that Teddy knows how to do is protect the football. And sure. with that defense that the Broncos have, if you don't turn the ball over you have a puncher's chance. And although Teddy is, is not known to throw it down the field, he's not going to, he's very Alex Smith esque. Yeah. Uh, you're right. If he can protect the football, he can do a couple of plays here and there. He's going to be patient. He's has a lot of offensive weapons. Um, I think Teddy's better suited as of now. Drew Locke is a, uh, yeah, man, he, he might have a bigger arm. He might be more athletic, uh, but I, I, he's going to be more prone to, to uh, turnovers, and that's going to put the defense on a bind. And Miller's coming back. You know, you already have Chubb there, and you know you have Justin Simmons. You have you have a bunch of good people on defense, defense, and you have Fangio. Fangio's a defensive guy, so I think you roll the. You know, it's it's not the sexy pick of having Teddy Bridgewater, but that's why you went to go get him, right? Play it with Teddy, see how it goes for a year, and then after that, make a decision at quarterback. This is a, a preseason take. I'm actually more afraid in our in the AFC division, AFC West division, better said. I think the Denver defense is the one to reckon with the most. But oh, absolutely, because man. Because of what you just said. Absolutely. I think I, think I, I disagree with you. I think Drew starts. However, if he becomes the Drew that was last year, the interception can't finish a drive type guy. Teddy is in there by week three, week four. I think Teddy's a great guy, game manager. And I would venture to say that Teddy's a little bit more mobile than, than Drew Locke. Uh, note for fantasy. Fantasy alert. Jared, Jerry Judy is a potential breakout star as well. Uh, upcoming for fantasy. So Jerry Judy, look him up. Uh, the I think are British, loaded, man. They're a quarterback the away. Him instead of. Mr. Rudd. Yeah, but anyway, moving on. 
Cam Newton versus Matt Jones. Cam Newton versus Matt Jones. Cam Newton and Matt Jones, they're almost statistically the same guy in preseason. Now, Matt Jones is getting a little bit more playing time. I don't think that anyone really can pinpoint who's going to start. This is probably, to me, this is probably the hardest one because of who Bill Belichick is. You know, he's pretty close to the chest. I think you bench Mac, not because of performance, but just because you need to give him a little bit more time. Kind of my same theory with Fields in in Chicago, but I think it's Cam's job to lose, not Max Jones Mac Jones's job to win. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I feel that I feel that you roll with Cam. Um it was a it was a very odd year last year with COVID. Um, he's a professional, but let's face it, man. Some of those Patriot games were atrocious. They didn't have weapons. They, can, they didn't have receivers. It was a Rolodex with receivers, Rolodex yeah. with um, you know, with tight end. Uh, their defense wasn't wasn't enough. I, I feel that it's kind of the same thing as perhaps the Broncos. The Patriots loaded up in every position, and we know that Patriots are going to play disciplined defense. If you start to see that um, Cam Newton starts turning the ball over a lot, then that puts your defense on a bind. So what do you do? You bench him. If Mac Jones is going to keep the ball safe, um, then you start him. But between two, I would go with Cam. Uh, You give Cam the benefit of the doubt. They have a bunch of offensive weapons that he didn't have last year. Uh, The Patriots are big spenders. So give the opportunity to Cam. And just let Jones sit out for one more year and go from there. Another defense, and I completely agree with you, another defense is the front seven for the Patriots. So hear me out. The Pats defense has a lot of improvement, at least statistically, in what they've shown in preseason off of some of the notes that I've taken and and seen than what they did in 2020, right? Remember, they got Matt Judon, Christian Barmore, uh, others like Cal Van Noy, Dante Hightower, who are vastly different than what the front seven of the Patriots were last year. So let's consider their defense, right? The Patriots go to Seattle last year and they hold the C- the Seahawks offense instead of putting the ball in Cam's hands to try to make that touchdown at the end. That's a completely different outcome against the Chargers. That's a completely different outcome. It's the Bills that he fumbled. Cam, against the Cam Bills. fumbled. So that's already three games just off the top of my head. And I'm not even right. a Patriots fan. Fact of the matter is, is that I think if you if Cam just manages the ball and improves on the weapons that they spent money on on the offseason, the Patriots front seven and their defense, just like what Denver can do, can carry the 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 Patriots to a level that keeps Cam in the seat. That's really my point. The defense can keep Cam in the seat. If Cam has to take over a game or be the guy, I think it's his job to lose. We already talked about Carson Wentz. Hopefully he comes back because either or of those other two quarterbacks, I don't think is the best uh, fit for them. Taysom Hill versus Jameis Winston <laughs> and New Orleans. I'll start first. I think Winston starts week one. I think it makes the most sense. He's in better shape. I think Winston is taking this offseason much more seriously than he ever did, or at least in moments did in Tampa. He must realize that this is his last shot of staying and keeping a starting position in the league and I think he's just an overall better quarterback than Taysom. Taysom, he's a he's a very talented player. But if Jameis can just dial back the the turnovers, 
I think again it's Jason, James, not Jason, James Winston's job. Jason. That was a combination. It was James a combination of both. Winston, Winston's job to lose. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's Winston's opportunity. Um, a lot of people get hung with interceptions, man, but um, you have to. I'm not going to blame it on the guy, but it's this is a Bruce Arians thing. Okay. How many interceptions did Tom Brady? I'm going to throw a little nugget at you, Yanko. Oh. How many interceptions did Tom Brady throw last year? About 20. I believe it was 12. Oh. That's his highest. Now, what does that mean? We'll He's double check that. He's pushing the ball because that's Air, that's Bruce Arians' system. And let's not forget, when Bruce Arians came out of retirement, who was a quarterback? Jameis Winston. So a lot of people get hung up with, oh, Jameis Winston turns over the ball. Well, yeah, but that's the offense that Arians runs. Uh, this is a complete different system with Sean Payton. We, I think we can safely say that Sean Payton is an offensive genius. And I'm sure he's going to make it work with both quarterbacks. He's keeping it pretty close to the chest. Uh, but I think it would be fool's gold if you start Taysom. Uh, Taysom is a gadget guy. He's athletic. He's huge. Uh, but he's uh, he's more of a gadget guy. He's a red zone. Yeah, you're still going to see a little bit of Taysom. But Jameis Winston's more a more polished passer as a quarterback. Uh, so... That's my take. It's it uh, Jason, Jameis Winston's job to lose. You hit it right on the dot. It is 12 interceptions that Tom had last year. And I still I think it. that even with that, Tom gets better. And custom sound for fantasy today. I like it. I think Tom is a better relevant fantasy quarterback this upcoming season than he was last season. Second year, yeah. better system, better understanding of the system, that better system, better understanding of the system. He's definitely a guy to keep your eye on in late rounds. The quarterback controversy or battle in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance. Trey Lance has been flinging it, throwing it, slinging that ball around, uh, definitely Mm -hmm. making, at least from a fan perspective, the decision a little harder to keep Jimmy at the helm. I still think that Jimmy starts week one. What you say? Agreed. Uh, because I think it would be pretty stupid of San Francisco to start Trey Lance now because that just demolishes the stock of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you could have probably gotten something from oh, him. That's a good take. Yeah. Pre, uh, you know, uh, maybe after the draft or in the summer. If uh, And I know some of these guys, you have to see what they have. Uh, but I think in San Francisco, man, it's a very unique situation. There's no rush. That team, yes, that team is loaded in every possible decision. They're already starting to pay some of these guys. And I understand the rush in the sense of not paying the quarterback. Um, but I, I really don't think, I mean, you're going to be pretty, you're going to be pretty competent with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has already proven to you that he can take you to the, to the playoffs and let alone the Super Bowl. So with Jimmy Garoppolo, you could win. The only question mark with Garoppolo is what? Health. So roll with Garoppolo and then next year would be a a totally separate scene. And next year you start with Trey, unless Trey Lance is lighting the world on fire, kind of like the Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson effect, right? Uh The Russell Wilson just completely took over and you're like, you know what? Screw this. Let's just start Russell. What's wrong with it? That, that would be it. But I think at this point, there's no rush to start the kid. Just roll with Jimmy. I think one of the most quintessential positions in the league is the quarterback position. 
even more in a division where you have Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. The Niners need to get this right if they want to stay in this relevant in this division. They might go back and forth with it. Kyle Shanahan has a great offensive mind. I think they'll make a wise choice. The front office for San Francisco and their head coaching staff has shown nothing but solid steadiness. However, in this case, if you mess this up, you could mess up your season, regardless if he's a rookie or not. That's just my take. Right. I think Garoppolo starts. And given that our predictions, guys, are only week one predictions, just Correct. week one, starting week one. Last but not least, the Washington football team with Orion Fitzpatrick versus Tyler Heineke. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. I'm not sure oh. where really to lean on this one. We talked about it with the Cowboys in the division that they have, but Tyler Heineke balled out last at the end of the last season, right? He played a playoff game, not to mention that poor Ryan Fitzpatrick has bounced around the league, made his money, had his due diligence. He's still in contention, but he's your plug. He's not your consistent overall starter. I don't think any of these guys is the franchise quarterback for Washington moving forward. They're taking it one step at a time. However, my prediction is that Fitzpatrick starts week one. That's just a guess. I have no solid evidence, no solid stats, or nothing to, su to support that. I seriously think it's just a guessing game, a flip of the coin. Fitzpatrick week one. Agreed. I completely agree with you. Um, they brought in a guy for his – he's a veteran guy. He knows. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. At least we don't think he is because he hasn't, but – um, again, they play in a very winnable division. Um, they're probably going to not ask Fitz to take a lot of risks. They have a great defense um, and play disciplined football. And they should be able to remain relevant with Fitz Magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we continue to go on through the preseason, as we continue to go on through teams, battles, and everything else, every position to a degree has a battle. You have your solid starters, right? Like, for example, Derek Carr isn't losing his position. Darren Waller isn't losing his position. As a matter of fact, I would even venture to say that there's at least 20 to 30 percent of every NFL team that is a solid starting. You're not going to lose your starting position. However, in the positions that tend to waver where you're unsure, maybe you have a rookie, maybe you're like the Rams that have a running back who is you lost for the season and you're really trying to make a decision as to what you're going to do, which as of during the, as before we started, or as we've started, it came out that Henderson, the running back for the Rams, now has a sprained thumb in the hand that he uses to carry the ball. A big piece for a running back. Again, the running back carousel, and I'm leaning towards running backs, and I'm honing on running backs because there are still NFL players who need to be signed or could be signed because of lack of, a dominant presence at that position. Do you want to take a, a stab at which running backs are still on the market that haven't been signed yet that could probably still make a case for themselves in an NFL team this year? Dang, man. I'll give Let you one. me uh, give me one. Le'Veon Bell. All right, he's still there. Uh, the story of Le'Veon Bell. The story of Le'Veon Bell. You have Todd Gurley still sitting there. Wow. All right. Man, these guys used to be studs. These guys would have gotten five, four or five years ago, man. Immediately. Huge contracts. But 
Other players of note that haven't been signed yet. Vic Beasley. He was a mm-hmm. Raider for a while, right? War number 51, mm-hmm. I remember that. He still hasn't been signed out there. Trey Boston. Trey safety. safety. Yeah, hasn't been signed yet. You've got Everson Griffin, who was just signed to the Vikings. Vikings. Right? Went to the Cowboys for a year. Made fun of Kirk Cousins on social media. Is now back with the Vikings and is now publicly apologizing to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Sounds like they made him do that. You got an offensive tackle in Rick Wagner, who hasn't been signed yet. KJ Wright hasn't been signed yet. That's crazy, man. Geno Atkins, too. I, I know Geno. I don't want to get ahead of your list, but I know Geno Atkins, too, was going to visit another team, too. He didn't He didn't walk away with a contract. He didn't walk away with a contract with Las Vegas, huh? They nope. signed uh, They signed McCoy instead. Gerald McCoy. Correct. But Gerald McCoy. Another defensive tackle that's still in the market, surprisingly enough to me, Jarrell Casey. That, good, that boy's big, man. He's a big dude, but these guys aren't getting signed. And someone's going to get signed, I think, as the preseason continues to roll on. Remember, we have, what, one preseason game left for each Correct. team before they have to make their 53-man roster count or cuts, better said. So just keeping in mind the guys that, because preseason football is shortened, now you're going to have massive cuts, a lot of free, wa- free action, free waivers, free agents, uh, movements. Some, some guys get moved on to practice squads, onto other teams. So some of these guys might get signed to practice or a starting slash secondary role on the team that you shoot for or uh, are a fan of. But not only is this season ramping up to be a good one, especially with fans fully coming back to each and every stadium. However, did you catch this before I move on to the next topic? that the Raiders are requiring a vaccination-proof card for you to be at a home game. Not even a COVID test. You need to be vaccinated. You need to have your card, bro. You need to have your card to each their own as as, uh, when it comes to opinions with that. However, I can wholeheartedly say this. This is a Raider fan that is going and can get into the game. That's all I've got to say. (laughs) I am ready to go. But in 2021... NFL records that could be broken. And some of these records, Josh, are records that were close to being broken or can be broken. I'll give you the first one. Rushing yards. The record right now, 2,105 by Eric Dickerson. You think that one's going to be broken? And there's very few running backs that can do that. Um, Obviously, the the, the latest ones, yeah, the – the two more notorious ones that I can think at the top of my head are both Titans or were Titans, uh, CJ two K Chris Johnson and Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, in a league where it's going more and more away from a two back system, not a, a lead back or a workhorse as we would call it. I think that record is going to stand for, for a little bit of time still. Yeah. Most um, certainly. That's my take on that. I agree. I agree. Another record that could be broken in 2021, and I think this is a more realistic record, the record held by Michael Strahan. Sacks. With sacks, 22 and a half sacks. I think that one's still much more doable and attainable. Another one, ex-Raider Randy Moss. You want to guess how many receiving touchdowns he had that set the record? This is when he was with the Patriots. 22. Close, 23. 23. 23. Yeah. 
passing touchdowns. This is probably another one that could be broken because of the offensive driven league that is the state of I the NFL know right now. It's north of 50. Yes, it's actually 55 held by Peyton Manning when he would Peyton he Manning. Denver. I had a Yeah, you, don't you don't you think that um it's gonna suck, right? But these people who break um these records, they're gonna there's gonna be an asterisk because you're adding another game. That, and you know for the what? longest part, it was a 16. It's gonna be a, I mean, that. usually it was 16 game. And then before too, I mean, in the older years or in the latter years, there wasn't 16 games, there was about 12 or 14 games. So well, these guys really you know, balled out, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. So there, there is going to be an asterisk uh, to, to a lot of these uh, records that are going to be broken, especially passing. Passing is going to get ridiculous, man. Oh, yeah. Passing. Oh, certainly. And at the end of every pass is a reception. And the most receptions right now by and record is by Michael Thomas in 2019 with 149 receptions. That's going away, too. So that's going Easy. away. Most of these offensive, but in an offensive 17-game uh, year or season, better said, definitely mm-hmm. a chance for this for this to happen. And you know what? Other record could be broken, and this is unofficially official. A unofficially official. Uh huh. Wow. This is a, 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 let me say this again. You heard it here first. An unofficially official record that could be broken. You continue to I... amaze me, Mister Powers. <laughs> it's my mojo, man. It's my mojo. It's your mojo. Josh Rosen, bro. First round <laughs> pick has now been cut by the 49ers since soul, Arizona man. drafted him in the first round in 2018. Rosen has played for four, count them, four NFL teams, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Niners. The Niners waived Rosen in order to claim a cornerback, Devontae Harris, off waivers from the Ravens. This, Ouch, bro. I don't remember, look, man, I don't remember a lot about this guy. Obviously, he's irrelevant. He keeps balancing around because of what talent is there. All I remember is that this guy was what's the word I'm looking for. D back during the draft in his in his in the 2018. Yeah, he was he, he was got, pretty arrogant. Super arrogant. He was and pretty he arrogant. Carries that and still carries that. He's gonna bounce around the league and eventually uh, stop bouncing in general. Food for thought, Josh Rosen. Go ahead and uh, draft him. FFF. Especially Hall of Lame, he's available at number one. Take him. That sucks, bro. I mean, you know what, bro? It's one of those situations. Um, and I think we already covered this. You remember in segments back when we were ramping up for the draft, I would kind of go back and just analyze, you know, briefly first round picks from previous drafts. So let me just enlighten our listeners in this illustrious uh, 2018 draft class. Uh, number one overall was Baker Mayfield. Uh, number two was Saquon Barkley. Number three was Sam Darnold. Number four was Denzel Ward. Number five was Bradley Chubb. Number six was Quentin Nelson. Number seven was Josh Allen from the Bills. Number eight, Roquan Smith. Number nine, Mike Glaglinchy, uh, the tackle for the 49ers. And number 10, your boy, Josh Rosen. Number 11, Minka Fitzpatrick. Number 12, Vera Villa. Number 13, Deron Payne. Number 14, Marcus Davenport. Number 15, our boy Colton Miller. Number 16, Tremont Edmonds. Number 17, Darwin James. Number 18, Jair Alexander. Number 19, Leighton Vander Esch. 
Number 20, Frank Ragno. Number 21, Billy Price. Number 22, Rashawn Evans. Number 23, Isaiah Wynn. Uh, 24, DJ Moore. 25, Hayden Hurst. 26, Kelvin Ridley. 27, Rashad Penny. 28, Terrell Edmonds. 29, Tavian Bryan. 30th, Mike Hughes. 31, Sony Michelle. And 32, Lamar Jackson. Now, why would I spend these last minutes and mentioning all these players? Because look at Look at all the freaking players. Just how that is. Every year, somebody always overreaches or drafts because they feel that this player is their savior. And look at all the quality players just in the first round that the Cardinals missed out on to take a flyer on Josh Rosen. Yeah, absolutely. I remember there even being talks about which Josh to take. Josh Allen or Josh Rosen? Obviously, and Josh Rosen many, was a more polished ones. passer than Josh Allen. Yeah, bigger, Josh Allen, you're like school, what? Former NFL coach coaching him. I mean, I, it goes to show that. Oh man, poor guy, man, poor think guy. About, but uh, I, think about this. at this point, yeah, Mitch Trubisky has had a better career than Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah, because that, that one year he he could just he just hold the the. He just hold the, what do you call it? The starter job for one year. And that's when they went to Kyler Murray. Yeah. Because you remember and they clean house. It was like a, yeah. like a, oh, that was, was that coach? was when Sinsbury was coming in. Right. And the, the idea was that he had Kyler in his head the mm-hmm. whole time. He had re- tried to recruit him for Texas Tech. And he cut a lot of slack, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of backlash for getting rid and giving up on. Josh Rosen so Rosen fast. so quick. Yeah. But and then he's traded to Miami. Miami had an opportunity there. You know, okay, you're gonna give him an opportunity. Mm-hmm. No, that that was squandered. So man, poor guy, bro. I, I think at this point you're you're done. I mean, if you can't even make uh, a backup, right? At this point, at this juncture in your career. Josh, he's he could be signed by the Colts. Or they no don't dice, have bro. But anyway, anyway. Uh, before we yeah. continue on, I'm going to go into a Yanko Yeet that uh, is going to be a little bit of a defining Yanko Yeet. Uh, there is no hoorah this week. There is no uh, actual uh, emotion that I usually try to bring the Yanko Yeet. I want to use this week Yanko Yeet uh, to bring to the crowd why it's named Yanko. So Yanko is a a name that I picked for a pit bull that we rescued in El Paso. So when uh, my wife and I uh, decided to rescue Yanko, just a quick uh, backstory to it. Uh, my wife and I have always been, been huge dog lovers, dog fanatics. We'll always have a dog and, and multiple, not just one. Uh, we lived in Horizon. Both of our dogs at the time, uh, Nova and Onyx, a schnauzer, and a pit bull mix escaped. We couldn't find them. And so we were started visiting the shelters. We started visiting the Humane Society and the pound frequently. And Yanko caught my attention. A blue pit, already full grown, estimated to be between a, a, a year or two uh, in age, caught my attention. This was around the time that uh, in December, close to Christmas, to give you an idea. Uh, to put it in a nutshell, uh, we would visit every other day. And the last time that we visited was 
uh, December 24th, uh, the panel was going to be closed the next day being a holiday. And I just, I had, I was impelled to go, to go see him. Uh, I tried to go see him. Uh, my wife was a little hesitant because it's a pit bull because he, we don't know his history. I end up adopting the guy. Uh, I end up naming him Yanko. It's a, we try to keep this theme among all of our dogs where we name them after cars. Uh, it's just the thing we started with and we just kept going. Yenko, look it up. It's uh, kind of like a label they put on older muscle cars, Novas, uh, Chevelles, Camaros. I just like the name. Yenko uh, was with us in El Paso. And when we moved out here, he uh, came out here, made the trip, made the move. And last week, Yenko uh, lost his battle with uh, cancer. Uh, we had Yenko for 11 years, putting him at 13. If you are close to me or you know me, you got to know Yenko. Yenko was, he he broke barriers, man. He was the sweetest, the most heartfelt pit bull you ever met. Uh, both family and friends alike were a little hesitant when you saw him, but he was a sweetheart and he really broke a mold of a stereotype that pit bulls carry. I am a huge pit bull advocate because of him. Initially, my immature self picked a pit bull because it was cool. It's a pit bull. It's an El Paso thing to do. But as I grew older, I grew fond of the idea of having a dog that was so loving and kind and protective and listen, uh, would listen well instead of the original stereotype that I was immaturely uh, trying to fit. For years, people uh, close to me know the name Yanko because of the dog. And I carried that on this podcast. I carried that name in fantasy football, I carry that name everywhere. As a matter of fact, if that game is still there at Bolo Paso, the Street Fighter uh, game that's there, <clears throat> that's there. I was at least top five at the time, and Yenko kicked everyone's butt with a high score. So I carry that name proudly. I carry that name with me because of my dog. And it truly is man's best friend. And I appreciate the dog for who he was, but unfortunately, last week, we had to put Yanko down, and I'm really happy that we had the choice. I'm really happy that we didn't walk into a situation where he was just he had just passed or he was suffering so much that it was a it was a choice that had to be taken and not a choice where we were able to comfortably give him a life that we were able to extend. I honestly think, and for the the close people who saw Yanko, you could start seeing his deterioration as as time passed. So uh, all in all, if you're a dog lover, you're going to feel my heartfelt message that I'm trying to put out there. Yanko Z will always be brought to you by Yanko, the blue pit that was rescued. Yanko will be missed. Yanko is out there uh, in, in memory. Uh, it wasn't easy, but Yanko is probably, no, will be the best dog I ever had. So take care of your man's best friend, take care of your dogs, love them. They're, they're God's creation. And they do bring uh, a lot of, of warmth and fun and just overall loving to a household. So rest in peace, miss and power, Yanko, you will be missed. That's Yanko Z for this week. Nice, bro. Uh, Yanko um, was a, licking machine bro yeah that he, he was man. was a licking machine yeah man i've always been um i, I mean you know me too i've always been a, a dog lover 
Um, and he, that, that pit was different. He was, uh, super, super friendly. Um, it was a good dog. We rolled the dice. You, we, we rolled the dice because stereotypically. I think at can't... that point, didn't you have, well, you have Nova. So which Nova was like super more aggressive than he was. Correct. Correct. Um, so, and then Tim, I remember there was a team. You got Tundra and Tundra was, Tundra Tundra was, was crazy, man. She was awesome. Man. Yeah. She was also was a rescue. Crazy. Also a rescue. Yeah. So to bring, to kind of just close the story from the date that we lost both of our dogs, Nova and Onyx, we ended up finding Onyx through reward three weeks later. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up finding Nova eight Nova. weeks later. Yeah, so we had our trio of Nova, Yanko, Onyx. Since then, so our Yanko, dogs have I, grown. We have a huge. I dog just, family. I just want to um, correct something, and this is going to be the unofficial director's cut because this is what I remember. Your love for dogs is evident, but I'm talking about the name. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember that name was active way before Yanko came into the picture because when you introduced me to fantasy football and we shout out to Fabens the fan, the Fabens football league that was your team name team Yanko why because you had this fascination which you already said it but Camaros Camaros were your thing yeah. um and there was a specific Camaro brand that was a Yanko version Camaro and you said it right Yanko's kind of like uh Shelby or like Hennessy Right. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, a certain brand that caters to a performance car. Right. So that Yanko, that that's how that Yanko name came alive. Right. And then later you pass it on to your children in this case. Um, you're, no, you know, and you know what? Bowl. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I've been carrying that Yanko name one because it, you don't hear it a lot. And two, because you're at that time frame in my state of mind way back when uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted a name that stood out something not necessarily stood out, but in uniqueness, Yanko isn't used a lot. The it's word Yanko, unique. it's, it isn't used a lot. And what Yonk I really is. Try, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I get uh, from Josh when he's trying to trash the name in fantasy, right? <laughs> but good old Yanko. But, uh, what I'd really try to portray is that the name Yanko really, really took a, a, a different emotional value. Right. Even before, Yanko the dog uh, passed. So Yanko's legacy to, will live on, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to Yanko. Uh, shout out to anyone who has a dog and really, really comes in tune with their dogs. And at the, that's probably, no, not probably. It is and has been the two hardest days of my life. Putting down two animals that you've grown very fond of. But yeah, it's not uh, easy. moving on, let's... From the Yenko Yeats, uh, shout out to Yenko one more time. A guy that was also retiring uh, from the NFL and basically calling it putting his career out to pasture was Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis has officially retired, uh, got to be known with the New England Patriots, uh, moved on to the Titans, uh, sat behind King Henry for a while, and officially called it after 10 seasons. Uh, a good guy to have. Whoops, a good guy to have uh, randomly in fantasy. He was never really necessarily consistent. Super Bowl winning, Super Bowl winning running back uh, with the Patriots. But Deion Lewis, uh, a little bit of a tidbit out there, so you don't draft him uh, this year. 
when it comes to your fantasy football drafts. Let's talk about a little bit about preseason football just to kind of wrap that up uh, in general. There's been some escalations moving up, moving down. I shared a link with you, Josh, uh, of what I'm going to look at. And this is based on NFL.com's schedule, uh, not schedule, opinion. Uh, Zach Wilson moving up, quarterback for the Jets, and with his comp and his confidence ahead of a schedule that uh, will have a lot of backups, really, or a lot of uh, not backups, but a lot of easier schedule, right? You talked about it earlier. The Cowboys' new linebacking duo, Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal, uh, kind of taking the reins over veterans Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh. A little bit crazy, right? They invested in both those yeah. guys. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option for Leighton, right? No. It's it's interesting because Neal uh, came from the Falcons, where he was with Dan Quinn, and he played safety with the Falcons. This guy was always a hybrid, right? Um, and now they kind of introduce, he, he obviously knows Dan Quinn's, uh, defense, how to be yep. run and who is the quarterback on the defense linebacker. So if you plug in Neil, uh, to compliment, uh, Micah, then that obviously means there's familiarity, you know, in, in the schemes that Dan Quinn runs. So, but it just goes to show you, man, these, these Jalen Smith got paid he did. and Layton, seems that he's not going to get paid unless he set the world's on fire, but it, it, they're loaded at linebacker. And it, just a few years back, what, what was always the big question mark with the Cowboys when Sean Lee would have all his 50,000 injuries throughout the season, who's going who's to play linebacker. Who's going to take over. Yeah. Not now, only a linebacker, but captain, right? Correct. And now who, that's not a position of need defense. because they drafted some say the most, Talented uh, defensive player in this year's draft, which is Parsons. And now you're complimenting him with Neil. And then you still have Jalen and Leighton in your bench. That's, that's a surplus to have, man. For sure. Most certainly. Uh, other notable mentions is that J.J. Watt has now come back officially uh, from his hamstring injury. But he'll start uh, practicing and should be ready to go for the season. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Devonta. Is it Devante? Devonta? I see an A at the end, so I'm going to say Devonta. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, the pick that the Eagles picked up. And right. although he dropped a few passes from Hall of Famer Joe Flacco. Wow. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, he's, he's proven to. I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. Did you catch that CEH? Clyde Edwards-Alaire has suffered an ankle injury. So he might not be there for the beginning of the season either. What does that do for his draft stock? What does dun, that do dun, for the dun. Chiefs? What does that do for... I mean, they remember, the Chiefs picked up Jared McKinnon, who looks way more dynamic than he ever did in San Francisco. Why? Probably because he was injured most of his career in San Francisco. However, uh, something to keep your eye on preseason up and down, right? He had an okay career in Minnesota. He did. Jerry That's McKinnon. why he got a contract in, Sa in San Correct. Francisco. But he tore his ACL, I believe, and that was the end of that. That was the end of that. Cowboys offensive line. You know, you've got Tyrone Smith, Zach Martin, and Lael Collins all there for the first time together since 2019. That's crazy. That's crazy. If that holds up, then 
the Cowboys offensive life should be okay. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. The one that you're going to mention right now. The Jarrett Patterson? No. Or I'm sorry. One? The one following after that. The Pat- <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I caught some highlights, man, and he was slinging it, man. He looks healthy. He looks he like he's motivated. He's lost some weight, um, I think. He lost some weight. And they I mean the question mark is offensive line, right? Because uh Pouncey's out, he retired, uh Villanueva left. So it's just to see how they're gonna keep up, um, or how they're gonna protect um Big Ben. But Big Ben has a lot of weapons. Those receivers are crazy. Najee Harris seems to I think you called it Yanko that he might have a, a pretty good uh, start to his career in looking Pittsburgh good, man. and he's looking good. So that's what Pittsburgh needed last year, a running attack to close out a lot of these games and we'll see how this kid works out. It looks like he's trending in the right direction. So that's a team to kind of watch out for. But most, uh, most notably Ben throwing and looking better in preseason, he's throwing to a tight end that to him reminds him of a retired Heath Miller. His mm-hmm. name is Pat Fear. Fieri Muth, something along those lines. Fieri Muth. Devonta. 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 Imagine that. Devonta <laughs> Fieri Needless to say that something to keep, a guy to keep on your you radar. Me. If you don't have a, a tight end or they all get picked pretty soon, which fantasy alert. I think the top tight ends are going to go pretty fast this year. Just Very. Throwing a, Very. Throwing that out there. The Colts are showing some uh, young pass rushers. Uh, Landon Collins is still delivering hits in Washington. He's looking pretty good. Uh, the Texans actually have a positive note, Josh. You've got uh, a pass rush in Houston that was able to, you know, it's preseason, but when you've got a dark cloud in Houston hovering over you consistently, any silver lining is sought after. But it's interesting, more- man. Houston's going to be interesting because we already talked about what's going to happen with Deshaun. Are they going to suspend him? Are they not going to suspend him? But um, let me tell you something, man. Lovey Smith knows how to coach defense. So he is there. That's right. Lovey Smith, um, it, it might be an underrated defense. I don't know for how long it's going to hold out, If depending on how that offense goes. Um, a lot of the big a cloud hovers over Deshaun Watson, right? And what's going to happen with him as far as suspension is concerned. But uh, Lovey Smith can coach defense, man. Here's an interesting one. And that's maybe the defense for the Texans is uh, a surprise sleeper of the year. Fantasy related, two offensive players, different teams. But Miles Gaskin is starting to look like the clear leader in, in Miami. And I think that's something that you called also. So keep, yeah, your, man. keep your antennas up for Miles Gaskin. And who's the best tight end coming out of Brown's cap, Brown's training camp? David Njoku. Njoku. If you remember, he was a little upset last year. Didn't get a lot of playing time. He kind of held out, kind of threw a fit. But Njoku is, prior to all of that, he's a beast. And if yeah, he can play... He has, he has all the offensive that's great uh, for the athleticness Browns. and stuff. And remember, they paid Hooper. And I think that's the reason why he was upset yeah. Uh, because he thought they had the tight end position wrapped up and they went to go get Hooper from the Falcons. And there goes his chances of playing. So what is also in Miami having a, some time where he's starting to check all the boxes. 
some time where he's starting to a Tago Vialoa. I'm struggling with things. I can tell. It looks like you have peanut butter stuck in your in your palate. That's why I love my PB and J's, bro. What, what can I say? According to NFL.com, his timing is better, his pocket movement is better, and his anticipation is better. So if to what sense to be uh trending, he might be terrific. Uh, to pick up a terrific. You see what I did there? <laughs> you are amazing today, bro. I am on amazing. fire. I am on fire. Uh, a little bit of the stock that's dropping, just to kind of round it out. We talked about it in QB battles. Jimmy Garoppolo, he barely played again, but it's probably just to give Trey Lance more time uh, mm-hmm. on the field. Also, Jamar Chase, number five overall. Yeah, pick. that's pretty crazy. Not looking good, man. It's reported that his problems with drops and separation is starting to be a not a good sign throughout camp. Not only through preseason, mm-hmm. but throughout camp. Should have drafted that offensive tackle. Should have drafted and, that offensive tackle. And look at that offensive tackle that we're talking about is next on this list. Yep. This, this is a name I might screw up a little. <laughs> let, me, let me pronounce it for you. <laughs> Penny Soul. How about that, Yanko? There you go. <laughs> because you were probably going to say something completely... Yeah, man. Uh, I Spanish, like Joel Flacco, Hall of Famer. We want to avoid that. So I might have added an S at the end of that uh, first name there. But anywho, he's just not looking comfortable at right tackle, according to NFL.com. Uh, this is a first round pick, some seven overall. Just something to look at. The injury bug keeps hitting, and the chest pass rusher, Carl Lauren, Carl Lawson. Yes, torn, torn Achilles. Achilles. He's done. Yeah. So that means that the Jets will start counting on Quinnen Williams to come off his foot surgery and Sheldon Rankins, who missed the game preseason with another injury. Not looking good at all. Interesting note, the quarterback situation in the Vikings, not the starter, but the quarterback backup. There's a battle there between Jake Browning and rookie Kellen Mond. You know what? It doesn't matter. Kirk Cousins is going to start. Kirk Cousins is going to be your guy. You deal with that until you have to. You cross that bridge until you have to uh, look at your backup just in case your guy uh, gets injured. Uh, anything else that you see on this list, Josh, that sticks out to you? Nikhil Harry, man. Um, yeah. This guy can't catch a break. He was a first-round pick from the Patriots, I believe, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, came out of the University of Arizona State, um, he played up there with uh, Herm Edwards, ex-NFL head coach. And uh, Patriots took a flyer on him. And so far, Nikhil Harry. Yep. It says that he unnecessarily dove for a pass that was a perfect thrown ball by Mac Jones. And as he dove, not only did he drop the ball, he got hurt. And remember, he wanted to be traded, or he asked for a trade yeah. before camp started. I'm like, dude, who's gonna who's gonna trade? What? Who, who's Whoever gonna go after you? Is, needs to bend his ear a little bit and get in. Interesting yeah. situation in Atlanta. So they're back. Mr. AJ McCarron torn his ACL. So you have undrafted free rookie Philippe Franks. That's a football name. <laughs> Or do the go Falcons get go that dude that everybody wants as a backup quarterback? Nick, man. Super Bowl champ falls. Hey, maybe you go get Josh Rosen. Who knows? Hey, 
there's an op- that is optimism. That, hey, setting records, Josh Rosen, a trailblazer as it is. Go, amazing go get player. him, Josh. Go amazing. get him. But freaking amazing. <laughs> as we continue to go on at this time of year, not only do we have a list about preseason do's and don'ts, who's trending, who isn't, who's still in the market, and everything we've talked about, we also have the list of the top 100 that is released according to the peers, players, interviews, and everything that the NFL uh, network puts out there. So who has stood out to you in the top 100, Josh? Man, um, I mean, there's a bunch, uh, but it just kind of goes to show you, right? Sometimes it depends on the, on the latest, uh, the latest ranking or, or how the players played. But one of them specifically that I'm going to mention, and it's not to hate on him, uh, but Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was like up there, man, a few, a few years ago. Yep. And I believe he was wearing the silver and black and he was up there with Aaron Donald. And now Mr. Mack has dropped not immensely. He's obviously still viewed by his peers as a top 100 player, but he is now, and let me just, he is 23rd. Still, 23rd. I mean, still, still top 20. When before, for sure, he was top 10. He was in teens. He least. was top five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Top five for sure. And then top 10. And now he's out of the teens. And another player that I thought was kind of a little interesting, man, is um, Mr. Xavier Howard, bro. And his peers view him as, where did I see him? He's right here. As number 17. Mm -hmm. Number 17. That's crazy. We already remember how we talked. Yes. Ago. Yes. So, Man. I mean, you have to, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, these guys know what they're talking about, right? I mean, there's a lot of intangibles involved here. A lot of things you can't measure. Obviously, these NFL players know they play, you know, often with these players and they respect them. And sometimes, is it a popularity vote? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it, you know, but this is voted by their peers. This is this is what you know this, the NFL association thinks of you. This is the result of an opinion, probably by the opinions that you most as a player covet. Mm -hmm. What the media thinks, what other head coaches think to a degree, but mm -hmm. when your peers, when the guys that you line up against, line up with, play against, get traded with, put you in these positions, I think yeah. holds a lot more weight than anyone else's opinion you know who's right. next to who's at 18 right next to Xavier Howard talking about guys who get voted Deshaun Watson at 18 and that must have been a little awkward right but he's still he's still a top player yeah he is we we I mean we we talked about that right I mean it, it doesn't what he did off the field or what he has done or whatever I mean we don't condone that we've been very crystal clear about it but he's a very talented player Another one that I want to mention, Yanko, is uh, Mr. 915. He made it to top 30, bro. Look at that. Aaron Jones. Although Aaron it's Jones. rumored that the running backs in Green Bay are at his tail with uh, Chris, Dylan yeah. and the rookie that they got. So Mr. A.J. Dylan. He got paid. So Good for him. 
he can keep. Yeah, it. man. He, and you know what? Honestly, I think he could have gotten paid even more. I think he wanted to come back to Green Bay because he knows he has a good situation as long as number 12 mm. uh, suits up for the Packers. So, mm. I mean, good for him, man. Um, he wasn't after the payday. Um, it looks like he wants to win. And, and one of the kudos to him. One of the biggest jumps this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be precise, 78 spots up was Buddha Baker. Buddha he Baker. went from last year at 97 to 19 this year. Respected. This dude is five foot ten, and he is as sure as a tackler as they come. His big play last year, a play that he made, but do you remember who caught him on an interception? DK Metcalf, which is number bro. 22, bro. That is a monster, like a, bro. That looked like a man. Have you ever seen when a lion like tracks down a gazelle? That's what that looked like. It was Those the size, long strides, the speed. bro. Oh my gosh, that was now that was just, just for just for fun, Yinko. Who do you think would be the top player, or will be the top player? Man, I think it's the top Aaron player. Donald was last year. I think the year before, again, it was Aaron Donald. I don't know if you caught that, too, uh, in Hard Knocks when uh, they were having the Cowboys and the and the Rams were having, like, a little scrimmage, right? And CeeDee Lamb was saying, that guy, that 99 is a monster, man. Yeah, yeah. And he was part of one of the bigger brawls in practice. Right. He, right. he got that offensive lineman with his left arm and just, <laughs> I mean, manhandled the guy. That dude that is guy's something a beast, bro. else. That I think guy's this a year, beast. as much merit as Aaron Donald deserves and still will get that, will still be receiving, I think it's going to be a quarterback, man. After what Tom did, after what Tom did, after what Patrick did or continues to do, and Aaron, I think it's honestly, I think it's TB12 or Patrick. I don't. I think That's Aaron's in the top five. I don't think he gets number one, but mm-hmm. I think Tom is. I think Tom becomes number one. What say you? I think so too, man. Because I think the the uh, Tom is a lot like Michael Jordan. He mm-hmm. gets anything to feed his his psyche, and oh, you didn't vote me top one hundred. Okay, well I'm gonna stick it to you, and I'm gonna go for Super Bowl number eight. Yep. So Tom Tom Brady, he's a little psycho, man. He's he's competitive as as heck, but it you know I mean they get warm and fuzzy. Two Raiders made it in this in this year's version. I'm actually surprised by one of them, Mr. Jacobs, the Mr. Josh Jacobs, Mr. Josh Jacobs, and Mr. Waller making it. I think uh, Waller's thirty-five, 30s. Yeah, so he went from last year being number ninety-nine to this year thirty-five. Huge jump. I think he deserves to be in top twenty. To be honest with you, but I think if he has another solid year next man, year. Yeah, he'll be he'll be, be top. And I and I say, I mean, I'm sure Kelsey's going to be somewhere here, um, but I think he's the highest ranked tight end thus far uh, amongst his Kelsey. peers. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looks weird. Baby face. So Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey might be here. Um, I don't know how the Very team. How the, up there. But I'm talking tight end. Like oh, um, I thought you were trying to talk tight end. General. Yeah, but like yeah, like tight, tight end, end uh, Kelsey. And I don't know if Kittle, depending on what, how his people but i don't think i don't i don't see kittle in the top 10 maybe kittle was voted back i didn't see that but uh i think he's in the 40s i think he's 49 but no pun intended but i think he's he's there and uh (laughs) hawkinson is low 90s i think high 80s yeah 
I just hate that sometimes they don't provide this league like crystal clear. You got to click at all these videos to kind of see them. I'm like, dude, just give me the list. Dude, I don't, I don't... just wait for the offseason or like during the week, they'll start playing America's game and then they'll start playing the top 100 on NFL Network and you can just DVR it. Throw it oh, with bro. a couple of it's so dumb. Nice but it's cool interesting. Ones. It's it's it it's is. always kind of cool because as it as it draws closer, at least moving into like you know top five or top ten, you know what does that mean? The season is you drawing close. You think it's ironic? Never so closer. That these these rankings are right after the Madden rankings after they're released. I know, right? Isn't that interesting? So that's that's they go hand in hand, man. I and like do. I like this one more. The top one hundred more yeah. than the Madden rankings, but. For sure. Uh, needless to say that this is definitely a solid uh, list that NFL provides every year. And it's consistent. I like it. It's consistent. Right, and, you know, you just keep going with that. You're consistent. Hey, as always, the last subject I want to talk about is, in general, fantasy football. I think we owe fantasy football the subject at least a couple of minutes before we come to an end tonight. Fantasy football is you you probably know some guys already that have drafted in some of their leagues. With preseason, the last preseason game coming to uh, up this week, I think that the Jaguars and uh, Saints are playing tonight, actually. Correct. With, with these uh, preseason games coming to an end, the intensity of how many drafts are going to be taking place definitely ramps up. And there's nothing more intense then Team Yanko and the Triple F Fantasy Football League. Let me tell That's you guys something. Gonna be I've been interesting, doing my man. research. I've been looking up. And you know what? I'm going to give myself an over-under of two mistakes. All right. I'm going to I'm going to okay. give myself two mistakes, two picks that I'm going to probably blunder, that I'm probably going to make fun of myself or by my peers and respectively. Well, myself. I hope I hope it's your first round pick. How about that? Oh, Zane. Dang, dog. Yeah. You know what? Let me tell you this. I hope I pick the guy you want because I'm right before you in the first round. Freaking bastard. However. Man, you better, you better do your homework. Well, for FFF, think, you think, have to. I think that goes not just for Yanko. I think it's synonymous across the board because you yeah. we have a lot of newcomers. We have a lot of teams that I've, I, I personally am barely playing in the year two against. Mm-hmm. And the... The seriousness that this league carries is something to be said. I don't do, I, I hardly go out of my way. And this is my personal opinion. I hardly go out of my way to make an effort to seriously contemplate moving and adjusting my schedule, in this case, travel plans for, for many things other than what I do as a hobby or what I do with my wife in conjunction with our recreation that that uh, we like to jump on. But I will be traveling to El Paso to draft, to be there, to really dive into the FFF El Paso football culture because I'm here to play. I'm here to win and I'm here to repeat in the championship and hopefully and most certainly take the ship this year. However, you're absolutely right about the homework, Josh, because not only am I, are we playing against guys that we don't know how they pick and play, but now they've made adjustments. Now you're talking about guys that not only are another 11 aside from you, there's another 15 teams aside from you. So the draft might become a little thin. 
your approach is definitely going to change. And the fear that you should have instilled with Team Yanko, regardless of where he's picking, is very, very much a real thing. Just putting that out there. So. We shall see Yanko. Hey, you know what? I, I just, besides the 16 teams, I just think it makes it a lot easier, a lot harder because you have to win your division to be guaranteed a playoff spot. Because again, let's not forget it's four divisions. So what does that mean? You have to win your division and there's only two more playoff spots up for grabs. So that's it's real, bro. That's intense. You have to, something like that isn't for the, for the fantasy faint of heart. You have to be invested. You really do. Because you're just going to be a middle of the pack team. And, and you're not going to, I mean, it's just to have fun, right? It's a great pastime. It really is. Um, I think we have to cherish the NFL season, man, because it's always, it's, it goes in a blink of an eye before you know it, it's already like December, January, and that's it. And then here come NFL playoffs and that's it. So these games go quick, quick. So just cherish it, enjoy it. If you're into fantasy, enjoy the fantasy experience, enjoy the drafting uh, do your homework, do what you got to do. Enjoy the camaraderie with the fellas and hopefully your team is successful as an NFL. And of course, if you're a fantasy manager and hope for the best. And if you go online and you just do a quick Google search of how to draft in a 16 team league, you're going to get a ton of answers. Everyone's opinion who is professional, non-professional, who builds their own website, who does anything and everything to get clicked. However, you're going, I recommend that uh, this will be my Yanko's fantasy tidbit of the week that you read them. Even if you read contrasting ones, because based on what you read and what's already in your mind, if you haven't considered it already, I totally suggest that you start formulating the plan. You'll start molding and defining what you want. I agree with this guy. But I don't agree with that part. But on the other website I saw, I agree with that, but I don't agree with this. And you mold it into what to what is and ultimately will be yours. No one, I don't think there is a, a bona fide, solid winning recipe for a 16-team league. I think there's no. some consistencies across the board in regards to what position to draft where beyond a couple of uh, rounds as the farther you get in. However, when you have 16 teams, you need to start thinking about not, not necessarily double or triple loading in certain positions, but getting quality picks early. Maybe some picks that you ha- would normally draft in the 10 or 12 team league further on down the line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think any, any championship run um, always starts not what you do at the beginning. Well, you better hope that what you drafted at the beginning in the first rounds leads to success. But the bread and butter of the draft is always mid to late. Um, and of course, throughout the season, right? If you if you have some of those uh, waiver wire pickups because of injuries, which happen every year, um, diamonds on the rough. But uh, it all starts with your draft. Uh, have a uh, have a plan. Don't wing it. Um, Mold your team to your liking. Take all the fantasy advice. 
but implement your own personal take to it. And at least it's one of those expressions that if you go with your hunch, you lived and you died by your own sword. You didn't go with any experts or say, crap, I should have done this. Uh, do, do it, man. I mean, yeah, take all the advice, read all these. I mean, there's going to be oversaturation of football content in all of these websites um, from here on out, as long as fantasy football is, is uh, relevant. And just take it with a grain of salt, analyze it, make the most out of it, and go from there. Um, but always go trust your feeling, trust your gut. Um, and just, and to add to, just to add to what you're saying, Josh, I think I can tie it up and kind of bring it to a, uh, put a bow on it by saying, do your homework and be competitive. Not only is yeah. this league going to be competitive, that's what it was built for. That's what it was built for, for the seriousness, for the competitiveness, because we've all been a part of leagues that don't have that. We've all been a part right. of leagues that, uh, and this is just my opinion based on my experience, downfalls and successes that the best leagues that you're a part of are the ones that are taken seriously. So don't undermine the importance of analyzing stats or from last year's projections and this upcoming year. A little research can take you a long way, especially finding that good value pick that the other teams missed in the middle to late rounds. Correct. But that's my fantasy take. Yeah, that's my fantasy take. I don't think we're going to jump in anymore until we draft specifically into uh, players that uh, we may or may not draft. I think we're a little too close, but we've got one podcast left before we draft. And we also have amazing music played by DJ Josh. Yes, I really like this song for whatever reason. It's very chill. Whatever, have you noticed that, for instance, sometimes it sounds super loud here, but when you actually listen to it, like the pod, it sounds very mellow and chill. No one said so. we were professionals, man. But you but know what hey. professional at? Talking crap. <laughs> oh man. Hey, uh, the Yanko Josh podcast was another great one for all the listeners. Especially shout out to Steve who texted us letting us know that he enjoys his Tuesday mornings because of us. Thank you very much. That's the type of feedback we look for. Josh, Yanko in the house today. And we'll be here next week as well. Any concluding thoughts, Josh? Questions, man. Um, I think we kind of wait away from that a little bit. But if you guys have questions, um, I don't know if you want to let people know uh, for fantasy. There's going to be a lot of fantasy coming up. I'm sure a lot of questions regarding that. So where it, where can they send our, the questions, um, Yanko? Hey, hit us up uh, if you're part of the league on the WhatsApp group. If you know Josh or I personally, you can always text us or WhatsApp us. We have our Gmail account at CYJ gmail.com or our Instagram, which really needs to pick up a little bit of life. But that is CYJ underscore Instagram uh, underscore podcast at Instagram. Let us know. Hit us up. And most certainly we encourage for those questions as we build up to next week's fantasy football draft. And you know what isn't a question or what isn't in question? This guy. This guy's coming and he's going to win. We shall see. Gents, ladies, mom, what's up? We'll see you guys next week on the edition of the Yanko Josh podcast. Deuces, Josh. Deuces.